And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 297, aka Year 6, Week 47, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since this is your regularly scheduled call-in show, uh, those numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So what is going on with you this week, MC? Uh, Not much. I'm just waiting for the, the, what do you call it, the inauguration of, of Joe Biden and... The coronation of King Joe Biden. And hopefully um, the disintegration of the United States. I'm, I'm hoping that all the states join Texas and, and it'll be uh, uh, Texas forms a new country. And <laughs> Finally. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I just I just hope it's interesting because I don't I mean, I don't like the government, but at least if they make things more interesting, more fun than just what we've. I've lived with my whole life, which is, you know, the federal government taking over slowly. Right. Yeah. So that whole, the whole Texas thing uh, is fairly new information over this weekend Um, to the point where I pulled an article like at the last minute for show prep, just in case we wanted to get into it. Maybe there's some misunderstandings about it. Um, What they were doing, what was going on, why the Supreme court, uh, decided to to not hear the case. Um, so if you want, we can get straight into that article and maybe it'll well, explain a little bit or do you have... I, I don't really care about all the legal aspect stuff about it. It's I, I look at this whole thing more as uh, like an overall big picture thing. Like nobody's going to be happy with, the, with whatever the outcome is. Right. Uh, so, I mean... Let's put it this way: somebody's going to be upset no matter what. <laughs> and uh, well, that's true every election, right? Like the the left went through that when right. when Trump got elected four years but, ago. But I think uh, the, the 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 Trump supporters or the or the people uh, on that side, the people on the right, we'll just call them that. Um, I think they can actually do something about it. Where the left was like, "Oh, we're going to move to Canada." Yeah, right. Whatever. Okay. And when you uh, and say they're actually going to do something about it, are you specifically specifically referencing secession movements, or I'm, do you think I'm there's just more to that's it? What, that's what ends up happening, or uh, it becomes at least uh, uh, a goal in a lot of people's minds. I think that would be cool. Okay, there was uh, I think it was Liberty Hangouts for what they're worth posted something like you know all the states uh, that were part of that or whatever should secede and declare Donald Trump their king. Why not? Well, <laughs> because that's silly. Um, <laughs> but also, it's, it's but see, to me, it's just as silly as uh, you know, pe- the people assuming that the system we have now is somehow valid and, and just and and uh, worthy of following. You know, it's like right. And I'm with gonna, you. If you're going to pay tribute to something, you might as well pay tribute to something that you like and that you support. Rather than, oh, I'm just doing it because uh, I was told this is what I have to do, and there's no other option. So, at least, I, I like the more options, the better. Like, sure, you know, and I, and should, I guess for I me, I say silly because I would rather see um, that many individual state secession movements 
rather than all those states conglomerating to form their own kingdom yeah. uh, under King Trump, so right? Like the, the problem is if one state tries to leave, then they won't be allowed to. But if enough states decide to leave, then we can have you know a sort of civil war, hopefully that nobody's killing each other. Okay, but those those states that decide to leave, do they have to? Do they have to federate? Like, do they have to say we're they, all leaving as one? Try to I think stop they us. Would, I think they would have to in order to not be stopped. Okay, and, they, and then they would have to come up with a, like a new uh, bank system because you know the bank system would be used against them, and uh, you know everything. Okay, but they couldn't. They couldn't just all agree to leave individually. No, I guess like they they would have to form their own country. I think they would. Okay, yeah, that's a little sad then. So yeah. how are we going to get on board with that? Like I can't get on board with that. But if no, I'm not. If, I mean. Uh, like if they all threatened to leave collectively, right, but that they were going to be operating independently after the fact, then yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so one of the things, one of the reasons why they would want to secede, and this is the only reason that I've been given so far, is so that they can follow the U.S. Constitution more closely uh, and, and you know, take out all the liberal assumptions. And Well, that was the Texas rationale. Right. Right. So, um, and that's okay, like. I think the U.S. Constitution followed closely is much more libertarian than what the fuck we have now. It's like <laughs> true. So yeah, I could. So I could get on board with it. Not not that I would uh, um, pay tribute to them, but yeah, I could I could support it in in uh, in in my spirit, not with uh, my dollars. But would you <laughs> move to one of those newfound states under I, under Lord Emperor Trump? I probably would. Oh okay. Well, not and not saying necessarily because of. Uh, it's under Lord Emperor Trump, but it's it's just uh, away from uh, the 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 current setup, system. the jurisdiction of the current U.S. federal government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like we've had that we've had a similar discussion before, where I I said a, I I took a similar sentiment, which which was yes, absolutely, I would see I would consider moving to one of those newfound states, uh, because they're in that reset phase. Right, they're not as big or as powerful as the United States federal government yet, and even if they find a way to work their way towards the size of the United States federal government, you'll have that brief interlude where they can't pull it off just yet. Right, there's too much freedom uh, to be found amongst the people, too much people enjoying those new liberties away from the U.S. federal government uh, that it would take you know some years to grow back into that. And I think you can enjoy and be prosperous uh, during that interlude stage, regardless of what you know state forms or what you call it or who rules over it. Like, I don't think you know that that state alone would you know would be so much more free than what we have now. Um, but they might be fighting that you know that that uh, physical battle, the military battle against the United States federal government, trying to reclaim what they've lost. Yeah. Well, like I said, hopefully there's not a physical, uh, actual battle. Uh, a constitutional government, to me, would mean that uh, it would basically be like a big reset. And I'd, I'm totally for that. Um, as far as uh, we wouldn't have centrally planned health system, uh, centrally planned education system, um, central banking. Um, you know, I could do without that. That's pretty important. But I think that that uh, Trump would create a new central banking system uh, to compete with the Federal Reserve, probably. But, you know, 
I don't really care as long as there's options, you know. Would it be interesting, as I think about it, would it be interesting if the Federal Reserve as an independent banking institute decided to be also the central bank for the newly formed federation? They they don't have to be exclusive to the United States at that point, right? And they, and they aren't anyway, they're, they're, they are an international bank. They don't have any allegiance to the U S. Um, so, or would the U S have something to say about that? No, you will not print their money too. Yeah. And, and they might, and that's the thing. And, and I don't, I don't see how it would work. Um, because the, the treasury is in bed with the, uh, federal reserve. So, um, I don't, I don't see how it would work. I think if the U S did split up into that someone would deem it necessary to create another bank or, or just, you know, I mean, in, in the constitution, it says, you know, only gold and silver shall be used. Uh, and that the states will not emit, uh, bills of credit, which I'm pretty sure they do right now. So, um, yeah, a, a reset back to basics. Um, no, no printing money, no free stuff for people. Uh, I think that would be great. You know, do you think Trump would want to lead uh, a federation of states operating under the U.S. Constitution? Do you think that has any benefit to him to to have that many restrictions placed on his power? Yeah, and and to me, it's not it's not so much about Trump; it's about all the crazy people following him. And you know, same with Biden. It's like the reason I don't want Biden to win is because all the crazy people that want him in there. Right? <laughs> Right. But those crazy people are very much aligned with Trump more so than anything else. Yeah, because so they, they go believe, through all- they believe Trump is anti-left. That's the only reason. Sure. They don't realize how left he actually is. <laughs> you know? Right. So what I'm saying is if they, if they, if this is all hypothetical, but if they manage to secede, right, mm-hmm. form their own federation of aligned states and Trump is not the figurehead of that right then what's 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 the benefit for them all the people who like really love trump to back secession if they're not going to get trump as their leader as they wish they, and and they might get him but they'll get him with all the restrictions of the original constitution well that's what i'm saying would trump would trump i don't know if trump would would take that job i right? i think he would take anything okay he, he just you know um he, he would i think he wants to be uh, the center of attention and he would still get that. Well, at least, you know, with half the U S sure. But he would, he would be hamstrung in much of the policies he wanted to, uh, enact by simply, simply because the new federation is strict adherence to the U S constitution. Sure. Or but do you he think would still, he would still have a throne. So that's, okay. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what he really wants. I mean, all right. That, and, and he would still be, probably able to you know restrict trade with china only for china. the new federation right exactly yeah which that would make him happy like look what i can do yeah <laughs> you know? Dude, like, okay, you, whatever the u.s can still trade with china and get you know cheap imported goods the new federation cannot and everything gets more right. expensive yeah it would be interesting to see the the economic outcome of that yeah right? but, like a side-by-side comparison played but, out but in real also time. um if you didn't have to pay for all these crazy, uh, you know, programs, welfare programs that we have right now, and the the banking system that you know we'd we'd have an economic boom in in the new United States uh, 
far greater than whatever impact not trading with China would would give. Yeah, probably true as well. It will be interesting. Like I, you know, this is one of those things where I don't foresee it. I don't foresee anything coming to pass with it. No, uh, I don't. This, but it makes for this, interesting political theater. Yeah, but it's but it's also just like my my imagination running wild and and what would be interesting and uh well it doesn't have to run too wild because texas already suggested it well they've been suggesting it for years that's also true just not while trump was in office you know anytime i mean anytime well okay let's say when obama was in office it was we got to get out of here and then but they were the only ones saying it and now you have potentially many many more states maybe on board with them i don't know fair enough all right i i um I know I mentioned the other article. You said you didn't want to get into the the nitty gritty of of you know the whole uh, Texas Supreme Court thing, um, but I do have this article uh, from Reason Magazine saying stop humoring Trump, um, which is kind of what we're doing. So <laughs> <laughs> why why stop humoring? Okay, you, can we get into it or you want... sure? Go okay. For it. <laughs> Uh, stop humoring Trump. This is from a couple of days ago. So this article precedes the results of the, the Supreme court decision. Uh, is it a decision? Can you call it a decision? The choice not to yeah, hear the, the, the lawsuit or whatever. It was more like a non-decision. Like we're right. just not going to decide it. So yeah. But they, whatever. they, but they decided not to hear it. So I don't know what the, 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 the correct legal term for what they did is they've ignored it. Uh, yeah. the Supreme court ignoring, uh, Texas's plea. Uh, to move back in a libertarian direction, the Republican Party will have to do more than jettison Trump. But as long as it remains in Trump's thrall, the reversal is all but impossible. A month ago, the Washington Post published what remains the definitive summary of President Donald Trump's post-election legal and political maneuvers, and probably one of the best explanations for the Trump era in general. Uh, quote, what is the downside for humoring him for this little bit of time? No one seriously thinks the results will change, an unidentified senior Republican official told the Post. He went golfing this weekend. It's not like he's plotting how to prevent Joe Biden from taking power on January 20th. He's tweeting about filing some lawsuits. Those lawsuits will fail. Then he'll tweet some more about how the election was stolen. And then he'll leave. Uh, That quote was on November 9th. In the 31 days that have followed, there have been many tweets. And Trump's legal team did indeed file and lose a lot of lawsuits, which prompted more tweets. Uh, Again, this is old news. The one case that remains in play, Texas v. Pennsylvania, filed earlier this week at the U.S. Supreme Court, is without precedent in in American legal history. As Reasons Damon Root wrote yesterday, no state has ever pulled off a stunt even remotely like overturning the results of a presidential election by going straight to SCOTUS to challenge the results in another state. Uh, and as you know, interjecting again, that has been squashed uh, simply because the Supreme Court refused to hear it. Oh, okay. I'm just interjecting that because we know we now know the result of that. Uh, the Supreme Court. Here you go. This is what they say. This is still from a couple of days ago, so it's a little bit old news, but I still think the article makes sense. The Supreme Court is likely to dismiss that final legal effort by the end of the week, which they did. All 50 states plus the District of Columbia have now certified their election results. The Electoral College is set to meet on Monday. Trump has tried to pressure Republican state officials to nominate alternate slates of electors, but that effort has been no more successful than his campaign's lawsuits. 
Unless something wildly unexpected takes place in the next few days, the Electoral College will confirm what already seems evident. Joe Biden won the election. In that sense, the president of the Post's unnamed GOP official holds up. And yes, there's almost no reason to take seriously the idea that Trump won't leave office in January. But the notion that there's no harm in humoring Trump is more suspect. Indeed, if there is a coup happening in these waning days of 2020, then it appears to be Trump versus whatever remains of the non-Trump Republican Party. The president is using allegations of a stolen election to fundraise and to consolidate his control over the GOP, and those humoring him will wake up on January 21st to find that the problem hasn't vanished. Everyone laughs at how stupid the Trump lawsuits are, writes Jonathan V. Last, editor of The Bulwark, an anti-Trump conservative publication. But that's the wrong way to think about Trump's actions since November 3rd, because his goal hasn't been to keep the office of the president. It's been to keep the Republican Party. In Last's view, the focus on Trump's laughable coup has obscured the effectiveness of a political strategy that has tightened the president's grasp on the party. By reflexively falling back on their survival strategy of humoring Trump, Republicans are missing the chance to excise his influence over the GOP's future. That matters in ways that go beyond internal party politics. Under Trump, the Republican Party has grown increasingly hostile to the free movement of goods and people. It has embraced deficit spending to a degree almost unimaginable a few years ago. Populism and nationalism are resurgent. To move back in a libertarian direction, the Republican Party will have to do more than jettison Trump, but as long as it remains at Trump's thrall, the reversal is all but impossible. Anyone who still believes that humoring Trump will eventually cause him to go away isn't paying attention. Trump has made no secret of his intention to remain active in politics. Even if his dream of running for president again in, in 2024 come to nothing, it is undeniable that he will be a kingmaker or a career killer in Republican politics for years to come. Then he that he, that he will continue to be a major gravitational force for the party is obvious. How else can you explain Senator Ted Cruz agreeing to argue Trump's last-ditch election case before the Supreme Court? Cruz, who in his younger days clerked for the late Chief Justice William Rehnquist, surely has a sharp enough legal mind to know this lawsuit is comically inept. Yet he appears willing to debase himself in front of the Supreme Court because doing so otherwise would invite Trump's anger, which could doom Cruz's political aspirations. Wednesday provided yet more examples of this phenomenon. The attorneys general of 17 states filed an amicus brief with the Supreme Court in support of the Texas v. Pennsylvania lawsuit. That's 17 elected and or appointed high-ranking Republican officials who are willing to put their professional and political reputations on the line in order to make a performative show of loyalty. The shame is true for members of Congress who signed a petition now being circulated among Republicans asking for the overturning of the Electoral College vote. What motivates such behavior? Not only rank partisanship, but fear, the kind that comes from looking over your shoulder at the angry masses of Trump superfans, otherwise known as Republican primary voters. Not all Republicans have gone along with humoring the president, and the, and the country should be grateful for that. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, for example, has been steadfast in his refusal to endorse conspiracy theories about the election. In one of the most acute moments of potential crisis, Aaron Van Langveld, one of two Republicans on the Michigan State Board of Canvassers, refused to block certification of the state's election results, 
Al Schmidt, a Republican city commissioner in Philadelphia, has debunked and denounced allegations of mass voter fraud in his city. Those who have had the courage to stand up to Trump has faced vitriol from their fellow Republicans. The Arizona GOP has used its official Twitter account to bully the state's Republican governor for being insufficiently committed to Trump's stolen election fantasy. Some of the president's allies in Congress have called for Raffensperger to resign. When Georgia's Republican governor, Brian Kemp, refused to go along with that crusade, Trump targeted him too. Raffensperger says his family has been threatened and Smith told 60 Minutes that he's received death threats. From the inside looking out, it feels all very deranged, Schmidt said. Republicans who continue humoring Trump are feeding that derangement. They are saying, in effect, that they want someone else, Raffensperger or the U.S. Supreme Court, to stand up to the president's delusions because they have no stomach or spine for it. After five years of humoring the president's increasingly unhinged beliefs, some Republicans see no other way forward. Like an addict, they may believe they can stop anytime they want, but it is delusional for the rest of us to believe that this will change as soon as the Electoral College meets or as soon as Biden is inaugurated. In any compromise between what's left of the Republican Party and Trump, only the enemies of freedom uh, can profit. So your thoughts, um, I guess specifically on Trump remaining in the Republican Party um, or in politics and stuff, like what else is left for him to do? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Trump is thinking. Um, Aside from the 2024 run, which I'm, you know, I'm predicting, I'm calling it, I've got the meme forward or where, you know, return of the MAGA, I'm going to say that over and over again until he does it, because <laughs> I think it's funny. Okay, yeah. But aside from that, like what, you know, a kingmaker in the Republican Party, like what, you know, are, are there Republicans looking for Trump's endorsement? Like that's going to make or break uh, their local political career? Like to me, Trump is a joke. Like why would you even... <laughs> well, he he has a lot of uh, uh, loyal followers, so yeah, I mean, people would want his endorsement. They would want, uh, yeah. So he's he's helped a lot of Republicans uh, stay in office or or get office. So okay. Well, and from the other side, then the the Republicans, um, the Republicans not seeking to side with Trump, do they? Are they stating that they honestly believe that a Joe Biden presidency is better for the country or better for the Republicans? Like I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to play the game of the lesser of two evils. But when we're looking at this from a Republican perspective, right? You have you have the opportunity to give it your all to keep a Republican holding the presidency, or you can undermine that uh, in support of the Democratic candidate. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know what's happened. Or who who was for who? I don't and I don't really care. <laughs> Understood. It just it just seems odd, right? Like again, I I hear the complaints um, from people. You know, blame, yeah, early yeah. on when the election when they were like blaming the libertarians, like you wanted more liberty and you didn't even vote for Trump and now look, you got Biden, right? And and for people involved in politics, yeah, that that re that rationale kind of makes sense, right? Um, one of the maybe I mean. I, I'm 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 actually not too worried about a Biden presidency. I'm I'm more interested in what the fallout, what what the response from the the right is going to be. And if it's if it's just oh we're going to you know go back to the drawing board and figure out how to get Trump the win in in 2024, that's the most boring thing that I can think of. So okay. Well, let, let me the way I look at it. <laughs> let me provide you 
one brief example, because this is also recent news um, for, you know, the, the Second Amendment people, the gun, the gun community, uh, where it's what can you look forward to with a Biden presidency and not saying that Trump was particularly good. Um, however, the ATF, this is this is like also recent news, just found out about it, was it yesterday, last night or this morning or something? Um, the ATF raided the offices of Polymer 80. Are you familiar with Polymer 80? Nope. Okay. Polymer 80 sells um, not firearm kits, right? They sell 80% lowers uh, for, you know, for people to purchase that you don't need uh, a serial number or a background check or anything to buy. Uh, the the Biden campaign or the off the office of the presidential elect has stated that, you know, the ATF focus under the Biden administration is to go after pistol braces and quote unquote ghost guns, also known as these 80% lowers. And I know it's still the Trump presidency, but Biden becoming elected, right, or or being called the, you know, having the media call him as the the future president-elect has seemed to have emboldened uh, the ATF to go after not gun sellers, right? Like Polymer 80, you, you can buy an 80% pistol lower, an 80% um, AR lower, and have it shipped directly to your house, right? Like, poof. And then you, you, you finish that 80%, turn it into, a, you know, the actual firearm, which you're allowed to do uh, for home manufacturing. And then you buy the rest of the parts and you can put your gun together. Now that's, that has been declared legal. Like 80% is the standard uh, that, you know, the, the entire gun community leans on as to the difference, the differentiation between firearm and not a firearm, anything more than 80% firearm needs a serial number, needs a background check, anything 80% or less not a firearm, no background check required, no serial number, you know, shipped right to your door instead of to a, a firearm dealer. The the office of Polymer 80 uh, and amongst others has been, you know, was raided by the ATF uh, within the last couple of days and no charges filed, no one arrested. Uh, but what they did take is the customer list. So anyone who has purchased not a firearm uh, from Polymer 80 or, or, you know, one of these other companies, um, that the articles don't mention, um, uh, are, are now going to be like in the ATF's database as far as potential possessors of ghost guns. Um, another, uh, uh, YouTube video that I was watching earlier today said that, you know, a customer, like a, a person who had purchased one of these w- was also, uh, confronted by the ATF at home, um, for mere possession of the uh, buy, build, shoot kits, this BBS kits that they sell. So when you, so for for those people, right, the 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 pro Second Amendment who always happen to lean more Republican, right? This is this is a a a foreshadowing of a Biden presidency for them for that community. And we say like, well, it, it would it have been better under Trump? Well, they lost the bump stocks under Trump. Uh, but I don't think they were going to, it doesn't seem like they were going to lose, uh, pistol braces and 80% lowers under Trump. It seems to be entirely a Biden, um, emboldening the ATF. And, and see, I, I see it. I look at it from a complete different perspective. Like I hope the government says nobody can have any guns. And then I hope somebody does something about it. Right. 
And I think there's a lot of people starting to lean more in that direction. Um, and, and some of them are saying like, well, this, you know, again, I, I don't know where this metaphor came. Like, this is, this is the thin part of the wedge. Like, this is it. This is them trying to get, I go, no, you missed it. We're like at the middle of the wedge people. Like <laughs> the skinny part of the wedge has long passed when you were busy, like saying nothing was going to come of this. We're, we're in the middle of the wedge. Uh, and I just, I, I want to be, I want to agree with you. And in some ways I do in so far as yes, maybe, maybe that will be what emboldens others, um, to take a stand, right? The, the other thing like coming down the, the, the pike, um, is the mandatory vaccinations, right? The, the other, the thin part of the wedge, right? This is how they get into you. And you oh. know, I've, I've got friends going like, well, you know, now is when we start shooting, right? If they try, if they try to stick me with a needle everybody's got their line where you know they draw the line right and say you shall not pass this but for me it, it was passed before i was born there should not be an uh, atf there should not be a department of energy there should not be a department of education all the all these things uh that shouldn't be that that exist and so yeah I, that's why i was talking about earlier how i want to reset you know we don't we don't need anybody to tell us what kind of guns we can own or not own we don't even need the organizations, you know, they shouldn't exist. Right. So you're, so you're hoping that with the Biden presidency, that those that rules finally yeah. come down, it gets worse. Okay. Yeah. So I think the term for that at this point is collapsitarian. Like would you, do you, are you now, would you consider yourself well, part of the- I, what I, I want people to be, uh, you know, shocked in, into motion maybe. And like I said, I don't want, I don't want violence, but I, I would like, you know, 25 states or even 20 or 14 or whatever to say, ah, no, we're just going to go our own way. Sure. And it, it would, it would be nice if it happens without the violence. Um, I, th- I think it's naive personally, um, to expect that to happen without the violence. You know what I mean? Like if, if sure. you're, if you're going like, we're going to have like 25 separate states, um, prepare yourself for the violence, you know? Okay. Well, I mean, and that's fine, and it could fail just like it did in the Civil War. Yeah. Sure. Like, like for me, it goes back to the whole like you know, uh, uh, warrior in a garden mentality, right? Better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Like if if you if you want those things to happen, like you you well, kind of have to prepare yourself for war. <laughs> you, well, it's maybe I don't know. It's like you don't have you don't have to be one that's fighting. You can be uh, avoiding, you, and you can just wait for all the dust to settle. You know. You could, but that war is going to happen around you. Like if, if you're calling, if you're saying like Texas, all these other countries should secede and they should secede peacefully and the United States should just let them go and Trump should be allowed to be their leader. Like I'm all for that, right? I just, I don't foresee that happening without some sort of military conflict coming to play. Right. If it's a small military conflict and people don't have the stomach for it, and they go like, "Well, this is dumb," you know, we, you know, forget about it. Um, fine, we'll rejoin the union, or the other way, where it's, you know, that's a military conflict, and for whatever reason, uh, the United States side goes, "Oh no, they should be allowed to leave," and they lay down arms. Um, fine, right? I'm all for that. I just, I don't, I never foresee a peaceful separation from the United States federal government. Yeah, well, like, I don't I mean- think they'll allow it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen anyway. I think that uh, everybody's just going to 
do the same thing that happened when, when Trump won is like, there's people that just you know, won't be able to cope with it and <laughs> they're not going to matter. <laughs> and there's, you know, sure. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's going to, ha- it's going to be the same thing just, uh, with the right feeling about hurt instead of the left. But time. if they come for the guns and they come with the vaccination needles, right. And you're saying, I hope yeah, this, I hope they cross the line. No, I hope they do, but they're probably not going to, you know, they'll, they'll probably just keep whittling away and, and taking little things away from them. Like, oh no, you can't, you can't sell the 80% lowers anymore. Oh darn. You know, that's not the end of the world. Uh, vaccinations force uh, is probably not the end of the world. You know, even if, even if uh, 2% of people that get it die uh, versus, you know, less than 1% of them dying from actual COVID, um, even then uh, it's still, you know, life will go on. And they, and they probably, and they probably still won't, uh, secede at that point, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. And I guess that's the, that's also a fear, right? Is that we'll, we'll, we'll cheer on the collapse because we are hoping that it'll get people's, you know, ass in gear and have them finally ready to fight back. And then they won't, yeah, um, I mean, you know, but what? that's, I mean, that's just, that's what normally happens is, is that people don't. So, Yeah. And if they, and if, you know, with the, one of the, one of the conspiracy theories, and I'll label it a conspiracy theory, even though I get that it's viable, uh, with the forks va- forced vaccinations, uh, is the ability to chip you at the same time, like with the mm-hmm. vaccine and then have, you know, time release drugs that make you docile. Uh, and then you don't yeah. even want to fight back. Yeah. Right. And just, you, it just kills the entire human spirit and that, you know, I'll say the American spirit, uh, spirit of rebellion to fight back and then it's over. Yeah. Right. But I mean, how, how much of it is already over anyway? I mean, how, how much of that spirit of rebellion actually exists? And I, and I know it, that certainly does. Um, whenever they set up like a, a, a hotline to, you know, rat on your neighbors for having a party or something that, that the hotline usually gets a whole bunch of spam calls and, and unable to operate. So it's, it's good that, there's people that don't like snitches still and, and that they're yeah. rebellious and, and uh, but um, will that translate into actually fighting for your rights? I don't know. And like I said, I don't really, I don't really care that much. You know, I, just, I hope I can hope something happens and, and still not be surprised when it doesn't. You know? <laughs> sure. But I would, I would rather, if that's the case, I would rather hope that nothing happens because nothing happening would be better than, um, having all the rights taken away and then people not rebelling. Yeah. Right. Like if, if nothing, I don't, okay, nothing, nothing is going to happen except for some things that you probably don't care about anyway. Like you're probably not going to buy any 80, 80% lowers because you know, you can buy guns uh, that are fully assembled, you know? <laughs> so who cares? Um, you know, some people care, uh, but most people don't. So whatever, you're going to lose some rights that you don't really care about. And okay, and for, and for the gun debate, this I think we talked about this a little bit last week on this show. Um, I think that's the same rationale that people had when they came for full auto, full automatics, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. And I think that's why that's why this is not the small end of the wedge, right? It's because at every step, at every stage of encroachment, at every infringement, people said, "Well, that's such that's not even something that matters, right?" No, yeah, but you don't but, need to fire full auto. You don't have to have full I auto. Know. But that's the way it's always been. So, you know, I, I don't know why it's even interesting to talk about. Like, they're, they're not going to stop at 
preventing people from buying 80% lowers or even semi-automatic semi semi-automatic guns. They're, they're going to keep pushing until nobody has anything. Um, and that's what they do in other countries. So, I, you know, you could see it coming. Um, yeah, you can absolutely see it coming. Is, that's why I'm not is, calling is it there this. Any, is there any way... Is there anywhere to go to flee from it? I mean, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> no, that's that's why you stand and fight. Right. So that's um, that's why I that's why I don't that, want to shy I, away from the violent the the talk of violence. Say, that's why I say I'm I'm really glad that this Trump stuff is going on because it's getting people's uh, language to change. And the language I like seeing is secession. I think that's great because like the, the path we're on is total totalitarianism by the federal government. All the states are exactly the same, and you know it, that's that's uh, that's scary to me. You know, there should be at least fifty experiments. There should be, in my opinion, three hundred and twenty million experiments. You know, everybody should be doing their own thing, um, but uh, you know, fifty is a lot better than one. Yeah, and it gives you more choices uh, mm -hmm. if you if you're you know more inclined to pick up and move or able to yeah. pick up and move to one of those 50. Yeah. And two is a lot better than one too. Like <laughs> yeah. as, long, as long as I get more choices, that's, that's more better. <laughs> like I said, I'm not, ag I'm not against the secession talk. I'm not against the yeah. idea of secession. Uh, I'm for it. I just, again, I'll reiterate. I just think it's naive to think that it's going to be uh, peaceful on the way out. Right. It may, it may eventually yeah. get to peaceful. Right. But I don't. I I think you got to fight for that first inch uh, to start the yeah. pull away. I mean, you, you never know. Um, and, and one of the, one of the reasons why I say that is because if if all the uh, you know right wing states want to leave, um, who would win? I mean, what is California going to stop them? I mean, that's that's kind of ridiculous. California, no. But the United States military called. Called yeah, to if, you, if if there's you know, and it's my opinion. There's there's probably more right wing people in the military than left, and so will will they you know violently stop the the right wing states from leaving? No, they might even join them, you know. And so that that could be a question. Like, well, may, maybe the military comes with the states that that want a constitutional government. You know? Sure, maybe they do. And then in that case. It's it's done. You know, the, you don't have any violence. You just say, "All right, California, you get to lead." You know, California and Washington D.C. You get to lead your your uh, your uh, you know your communism uh, to success or failure on your own. Uh, but the military is coming with the other states, so you know, good luck. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that would be the best case hypothetical as far as yeah. not having violence because. Because then there wouldn't wouldn't be violence. Now, if the left had control of the military, would they use it against the right? Of course they would. <laughs> yes. Because and, that's and who's and who's going to be the commander in chief for the next four years? <laughs> well, I don't know. Or until he dies, Ka Kamal Harris. Kamala so? Harris. <laughs> did you did you hear the one? It, it was funny. Biden was talking about well, if if me and Kamala Harris have a dispute, then I'll come down with some disease and she'll get to make the decisions yes i thought it was hilarious <laughs> like he's already predicting how he's going to deal with having a, a fight with kamala Harris. well and and like, to be fair he he did caveat that or preface with that by saying he had the same discussion with president obama when he was vice president he said if, if we come if we come to a moral impasse 
right? Where we're not in alignment on the morality of a certain thing, then he'll take his leave under, under president Obama. And now under, you know, under vice president Harris, right? It's not, it's not like if we, if we don't agree on a policy decision is if it's, if it's a moral thing. And if, so if, if he thinks he's morally right and she's morally wrong, then he'll step down. That makes no sense. Well, cause I, I don't think he's looking at it as right and wrong. It's just, you know, she, she believes wholeheartedly one way and he believes wholeheartedly another way. It doesn't have to be right and wrong. It just has to be a conflict. They'll, they will so both if, think if they're right. A, if there's a conflict, he'll step down. That's not, that's not what the president does. <laughs> Understood. But he, but he also said that he would do that as vice president under Obama. Like, well, he Hey, I think it's down. wrong he's, to he's bro- already... bomb Brown people. You know, if he said, if he said that to president Obama, president Obama, well, no, I think it's a good thing to br- bomb brown people, and we're going to continue to bomb brown people. Uh, and yeah, you know, how how are you going to stand up for yourself in that case as the vice president? So I think it, it was a callback to his comments under President Obama made much less sense uh, when he's the commander in chief over I, that's Kamala the thing. Harris. I don't think he thinks he's even in charge. I think <laughs> maybe <Okay>. he isn't. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He, he's definitely a gaff machine, but you know, to, to hear him on the debate stage when they were debating saying, I am the party, right? He, I, I think he's fully aware of who's in charge and, you know, despite being the gaff I machine and incognitive tra- decline. Trained to sound tough when he said that. I don't, I don't, I don't think <laughs> that doesn't, anyway, he doesn't make any sense. I don't know. That did not sound did. scripted, man. That's, that sounded definitely off the cuff of a guy who knows what it's like to have power. In my opinion. I don't, I don't think he's the party. Well, but Definitely. he said he's the party. Like yeah, he was, he, he, he was very clear things, off so the cuff. <laughs> right, but that that did not sound like a script writer writing. You know, okay, Joe, I am I, the party. I think Trump's got more control of the Republican Party than than Biden has control over the Democrat Party. I would agree with that, but not. I don't think Biden thinks that. I think you know they they gave him the mandate. They elected him. He's the party. I think he believes that even if he doesn't actually have that much control. Like, I think, I, I think he believes that more so than the fact that he would actually step down uh, or over a moral dispute I, with Kamala Harris. I, I think he would step down. We'll see. We'll see if he catches COVID and steps down <laughs> one month after he takes office. <laughs> that would, yeah, that would be, or, a, that would definitely well, be a setup. The, the best thing would be is if he gets the, the COVID vaccine and he dies from it. <laughs> Which is possible. Like that th- yeah, I know. That thing's not good. That th- <laughs> I, yeah, it's yeah. not a hundred percent. I like the the uh, uh, the explanation I was given. It's like, wait, for the first time ever, they found a vaccine that's ninety five percent effective in less than a year of you know trying to come up with the thing for a virus that they've never successfully created a vaccine for yet, um, and it has and it has no side effects. You know, it's like. What what is the chances that that's that that's true? You know. Oh, I don't think they're claiming it has no side effects. I think some of the side effects are already pretty evident. Well, they're 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 basically saying it's safe. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe you get uh, a little bit sick or whatever, but they're basically or I, Bell's palsy. I, yeah. <laughs> I I'm I'm predicting a whole bunch of people get uh, you know, un unfix unfixable uh, diseases from it, but um. <laughs> Yeah, what what are the chances that what what are the chances that is even ninety five percent effective? Uh, off the top of my head, zero. <laughs> That's just you know blowing smoke. The other blowing yeah. smoke is you know that it's some of the claims are like, oh, we've had this vaccine ready since January. 
Like, okay. So I, I guess I'm glad you took a year to test it, right? <laughs> Trial and error, you know, scientific rigor instead of just unleashing it in January. But yeah, it's already got a whole bunch of problems. Now, one of the things that was pointed out was, you know, the fact that they're immune from uh, liability, which, right. yeah. okay. But at the same time, I go like, well, if I'm sort of okay with that, yeah, as long as, the, as, as long as it's not mandated. Yeah, as, as long and as long as you have the information and, uh, you know, you do it yourself, it's it's all on you. I mean, that's that's what life is about making tough decisions. Right. And, and that's also what I'm saying. Like, I don't think they're saying there's no side effects. I think the light, the, the list of side effects is long and cumbersome and probably stuff that you don't want to get. Now, all right, what are the chances of you getting it? I would say pretty good at this point. Um depending on, depending on your current health conditions. But I've also, I know people who are excited for the vaccine because like, okay, great. Now, now I don't have to worry about getting COVID uh, because COVID is so damn dangerous that the, you know, the 90 95% effectiveness of the vaccine uh, is, is uh, uh, a more tolerable risk than going out uh, into the world unsafe. Yeah. Um, So I, I probably won't be taking the vaccine, um, but I don't really go out looking for any other vaccines either so yeah same here i'm not i'm not taking it um unless it you know uh, unless they kidnap me in the middle of the night and like force it upon me completely against my will there's no way i'm I'm, there's no way i'm lining up voluntarily to get that thing and like you know when people ask about vaccines just like everything else pro-choice anti-state so as long as it's not mandated and you feel like it's the best option for you by all means do what you think is right and i will do the same and I won't, I'm not going to harsh on anybody or shame anybody for taking the vaccine. It's just not a personal choice that I would make. Yep. And and we'll continue to judge people that judge us for not taking it. <laughs> they will definitely judge us. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, I, I um, at my, at my regular job, um, I am fortunate to be unmasked uh, because I'm the only one in the office. And so there's no real mandate that I wear any sort of face covering. Uh, and I give my customers the choice, right? And some people will come in and they'll have their mask on and they'll, they'll maintain, maintain social distancing and whatever, man, I don't say anything about it. I don't do anything differently. I just, I carry on. Um, but I am, I am always excited, uh, when somebody comes in, you know, with their mask on and goes, do I have to wear this thing in here? And I go, no, <laughs> fucking take that thing <laughs> off if you want to. And they get happy. They go, oh, okay, good. Yes. Ah, there's, you know, this is some bullshit, you know? Um, but they still, they, they still comply. And I don't, like I said, I don't judge either way. Um, but I like, I like being a safe haven slash safe Harbor for them to feel free to, to unmask, uh, if they're not comfortable with it, regardless of what they say. Excellent. All right. Should we get into one more article? Sure. All right. Um, this is from Mises. And again, this kind of ties into what we're talking about here. Uh, a nation of rat finks. Kind of an old school term, but I like it. Uh, quote from Mises. A free man must be able to endure it when his fellow man act and live otherwise than he considers proper. He must feel he must free himself from the habit, just as soon as something does not please him, of calling for the police. And this ties right into the whole the mask motherfuckers out there. Uh, totalitarianism used to be the product of the Hitlers and Stalins of the world. But your neighbors are beginning to grasp the power of a centralized government that exists exclusively 
to metastasize its evils throughout every human endeavor. A government that never sleeps and is always ready to put its nose into anyone's business. Just give the Fed a call. They're ready and willing to assist with any effort that increases their power and influence 24-7. Are your children whining over carrots in their school lunch bag? Are you tired of hearing that Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so down the street let their children eat ho-hos and ding-dongs for lunch? Does the local school cafeteria serve chocolate chip cookies to anyone with 50 cents to spare? If the answer is yes, what do you do? Do you take control of your own family and lay down the laws of the household? Or do you blame this whole situation on those of the ilk of your neighbor, the so-and-sos? Taking control may cause some hard feelings for a few days, maybe even a week or two. But blaming the so-and-sos gets you off the hook right away. See, if only the so-and-sos joined you in your health crusade, your children would be forced to join. You know, peer pressure and all of that. You hit the first bump in your road towards the progressive utopia when you realize that the so-and-sos living down the street are not really that friendly with you and are unwilling to follow your marching orders. Okay, next option. How about your best friend? He agrees that ho-hos are the devil's fruit, but he's not certain about the ding-dongs. Do they taste good with a tall glass of cold milk? Interjection. Yes, they do. Uh, back to the article. Your crusade just isn't working and your kids are still crying about their friend Johnny's lunch sacks. How about petitioning the local school board? Ask them to ban all unhealthy foods, at least those foods that you deem unhealthy. What is it to be considered unhealthy is simply those foods that you don't want your children to eat. All right, the list of foods has been defined, but how do you get the school board to agree? Go to a meeting and call them all uncaring hypocrites. How can they sleep at night after claiming that they want the best for children, all the while knowing that little Johnny's crinkled the snack wrapper at lunch in the school's cafeteria nonetheless? Those crusty yahoos on the school board don't even smile as you speak, and they've got their own agenda to push. Those who struggle with their own parenting somehow become omniscient once elected to a school board or hired as an administrator. Sure, they pray that their own efforts will result in happy, healthy offspring, but they will not let that stop them from becoming the uber parents of all who attend the local schools. Omniscient and omnipotent? Certainly. Free and compulsory? Absolutely. Interested in the specific agenda issue? Sorry, no. A brick wall. Your crusade has stopped. Well, for a minute or two anyway. Then the idea hits. Call your state representative. Put the pressure on him. Tell him that you are a strong party member who wants the best for all children. Doesn't he realize that a health crisis exists? Children are dying. Yes, dying. Not just those eating the snacks, but also those experiencing the secondhand effects of snack attack. They are bound to suffer a lifetime of pre-snack desire syndrome. Your representative listens politely on the phone, but really doesn't sound interested in tilting at this windmill. Come on now, there are more pressing concerns that can be used to further the interventionist agenda. This just isn't one of them. So you are an unsatisfied constituent. Not to fear, you do have a congressman who delights in media coverage. He smells front page because the local paper likes to write about any Don Quixote who tilts for the masses. You've got the hook. Time to land the fish. He'll gladly support your efforts because children are dying. It's all right there in the latest research by the Americans Against Unhealthy Food Institute. The congressman takes up the banner and enlists an eager bureaucrat in the Department of Health and Human Services to help craft the bill. This bureaucrat wants to make a name for himself. Sure, he sneaks the old hostess cake at the gas station, but a status career awaits him. It is election time, and enough House members are looking for the headlines and public poll spike, and children are always a winner. 
Before you find your way through the cellophane wrapper of a Twinkie, your bill is signed into law, and now no one can serve their children's snacks deemed unhealthy by a coalition of farmers, health store, health food store owners, bureaucrats, and Sunday and sundry status do-gooders. No longer can these school birthday parties include cupcakes with ice, ice cream, icing. A vegetable tray with low-fat dressing has to be served beneath the poster of Mr. Carrot and Ms. Broccoli stomping with their rat snack. Sounds unbelievable. Well, it's real, and it's fast becoming the American way. I've seen a parent who was shocked that the average student in the local schools eat 10 candy bars at lunch during the school year. Can you believe that? 10 candy bars a year. Certainly, she is correct in calling this a travesty and a crisis. The papers agreed with her. She soon caught the air of state officials for a while anyway. A bill was kicked around, but the enthusiasm quickly waned. Bills like this never really go anyway, though. They all return in a modified form when the timing is better. The woman's crusade did not catch the current fancy of the local and state officials, but she is lucky enough to have a congressman who sought fit to work with FEMA so that three homes in Columbus, Ohio, could be declared a disaster area due to minor land subsidence. Fully expect her to be heard in Washington, and the big paws of central government will find the way into all school lunch bags and boxes. The neighborhood crank that we all try to avoid will most likely be testifying before a House committee about the health crisis she perceives to be affecting her neighborhood and the nation. You pay her no mind, at least until she receives a pen from the president and the signing of the Unhealthy Snack Food Act to be known as Our Child Comes First Initiative. Yesterday's crank is now your gulag commandant. Consider your options. Don't want to eat at the restaurant that allows smoking? You can either tell the owner that you are leaving because the smoke offends you, or you can work to force an outright ban on smoking. Approaching the owner is uncomfortable, but calling the local office of your congressman is easy. In fact, it will be a positive experience. Trust me, the elected ears want to hear your complaints. The constituent services, workers in any congressional office loves these ideas. She'll listen attentively and be willing to work with you. Isn't it all about the children, health, etc.? No, it's all about interventionism and coercive power, but in this instance, coercion is on your side. Will your idea withstand judicial review? Certainly. The courts have already declared private property that exists for commercial purposes to be places of public convenience. The judges will have no problem accepting a law that bans smoking in all restaurants and bars, nor will they consider a ban of Snickers in the lunch bags a violation of personal property rights. You'll also be on the side of externalities and econometrics. Studies will appear that banning snacks in the school lunch bag will result in an annual X percent increase in the local and national economies. Don't believe them? Prove them wrong, or at least try to prove them wrong. You will find that their arguments morph as fast as those from a cornered Keynesian. Every time you think they're pinned, a new argument will wrestle itself free. No matter that each new argument refutes a prior one, uh, polylogism is the name of the game and logic for some reason uh, excuse me, and logic for some ebbs and flows like tides of the Bay of Fundy. The National Bureau of Economic Research will host conflict, conflicting correlative studies that not only contradict each other, but stand outside of a priori logic. With conflict and contradictions comes a new government panel or commission, or both. Something has to give, and that something is your liberty. I have to admit that prior to reading Critique of Interventionism, my first book by Ludwig von Mises, I was apt to vacillate with the argument of the times. Fighting against the status and their supposed concerns for children and the general health and welfare are tough without strong backing. After reading that book, along with Human Action, Bureaucracy, and the Rothbard classic, Man, Economy, and State, I gained the knowledge to see through the statist haze. 
Unlike most schools of economics and philosophy, the Austrian school has stayed true to its belief. Mises, a cultural gentleman, did not advocate that all be forced to live as he lived his life. No, he believed that private property was the essence of liberty. He's right. Now back to my ding-dongs and hot chocolate. Uh, so you said earlier, uh, MC, that you believe that people will just uh, let this happen, right? This, this is just another one of those examples of, well, they're going to come. And if that's not your line in the sand, well, then you, so what? You you lose ding-dongs and ho-hos. No big deal, right? Oh, I'm saying the, the, the line has been crossed already. There shouldn't be a centralized public school system. There shouldn't be somebody that has the power to tell you what you can eat or not eat. You know, it's just. So let's, let's clarify that real quick because you said it a number of times. And I guess I heard you say it and I didn't really know how to respond to it. Um, the line has been crossed already. Um, obviously it's over. If, if your kids are in public school, uh, you get what the King tells you, you can, you can get, you know? right. It's just like, why, why would you, I mean, my, 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 idea is more like i mean you can always complain and you can always you know try to massage the process to you know get more freedoms or less freedoms or whatever you know you want but um my point is still that you know take take your kid out of school and don't do what the establishment tells you you can do do something okay. different do your own thing sure but that's i want to i want to point that make this point that that is your line right. That you think they have crossed. They, there's a lot of people out there whose line they have not crossed yet. Yeah. Uh, and that's and why I, people I, tolerate this. I, I think people tolerate it because they, they have an assumption that all these processes and procedures and the bureaucracy is in place for their own good. And I don't see it that way. Right. I think it's because there's a whole bunch of Karens out there that don't think that you can think for yourself and shouldn't think for yourself and therefore you don't get to sure so if 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 those people haven't had their lines crossed but you have had your lines crossed and you're hoping to get them on board like no 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 they've already crossed the line i guess it then what right like if if people accept that the line has already been crossed what's the what's the pushback that you're you're hoping to see or achieve i mean you know first first step is for, for an individual is just to not cooperate with the system. So if you can take your kids out of school, um, find a, a private school or homeschool or whatever, find a, find an alternate solution. Um, and that that's pretty much it. Just try not to cooperate as much as you possibly can. Um, and start with that. And then, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I can't say, you know, I can save everybody, you know, so, you know, the people that, that don't believe you, that they can, they can keep doing the status things that they always do and they're going to do, you know, and they're going to, yeah, absolutely. So, like, you know, at, at some point, maybe we have a reset, whether it be a constitutional reset or anarchist reset or, you know, whatever. Um, or, I'll take or, the anarchist or, reset over the constitutional reset. Sure, sure you will. Yeah. Um, or, or you have totalitarianism and you get to a situation that, that is like Venezuela where everybody, you know, or not, I don't was it Venezuela where they had the big, you know, election rigging, but there's some other South American countries that it, it was pretty obvious that the election was rigged. 
just like in the U.S. Um, <laughs> um, I want people to believe it was rigged, for sure. But um, okay, so so all these people, you know, millions of people go out into the streets and they they're protesting. They're like, you know, this isn't the guy that we wanted, and they're they're all still on the hook for whatever the government is supposedly providing, right? Whether it's you know free gasoline or electricity or health services or, or food or education or you know like everything they're they're still addicted to it and so they can't stop even though they don't like the guy that is you know the the king of the you know, or, you know sit, the guy sitting in the throne that they don't like him but they they can't do anything about it because they right. don't have anything um so yeah we you know the u.s could get to a situation like they have in venezuela and that and i i think that's my number one point is that you know, you won't realize that you have socialism until, you know, you're dying of it. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree with that for most for and for most people, that's when it's too late. Uh, so I will say this, if you can, if you are seeing that that's possibility is on the horizon, um, you know, one of the things that I did and one of the things I would advise you to do is uh, it's easier to resist in numbers. So find your tribe or your group of people with whom uh, resistance will be easier and right. be around them. And so what, what Jordan Peterson would, you know, says is good about the U S is that the, the divide is like 50, 50, it's pretty close. And he's saying that's a good thing. Now, if people are pushed to extremes, it could be, you know, like, like what I'm hoping for a breakup of the U S uh, it probably won't. Um, but there, there is a lot of resistance. There's going to be a lot of resistance against Biden, even from the progressives that don't think Biden is progressive enough. You know? Right. So um, it'll probably be really boring and uh, uninteresting. And um, they, they will keep, you know, the left and the right people actually, you know, in the House of Representatives and the Senate will probably keep creating new laws to whittle away freedom uh, that, that the average person won't even be able to read because it's all in lawyer speak. Yep. That's the, what, that's the trend. That's what probably will keep happening. But they'll accept it when they, they get arrested for it. Yeah, one by one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the problem with getting picked off one by one. The old yeah. uh, Benjamin Franklin quote, we must stand together or, or we must hang together or surely we will all hang separately. Final thoughts? No. All right. That'll wrap it up then. That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com. On Telegram, t.me slash anarchist experience or t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.